Welcome back to another episode of Diabetics Doing Things. It is the first episode of 2024. It's the Robin Eritrea show for January. We've been doing this show almost three years now, and I think it's a really apropos way of, of diving three years ago, because right now in Dallas, we got our first snow. Uh, really since we had a little bit of snow in early 2022, but this was the first like extended cold snap since the uh, ice storm of 2021, which we documented heavily on this podcast and I actually need to revisit and see uh, because Eritrea and I were both kind of just having over, like just trauma from trauma response and preparation for this. And I think a lot of DFW was because it was just a really difficult time three years ago and time flies when you're having fun, but that was something that really came back. I even got in my crawl space. I was making social media posts about how to get your house ready. I was like all in. So how are you doing? Well, first of all, I think it's interesting that other people's trauma can traumatize you because like I had power when you didn't, but that scared the crap out of me. Like a man like Rob Howe sitting in a home in a nice part of Dallas with absolutely no power for full on three days. I remember every day being like, I really hope this man does not freeze to death. Because also it's like the large man. There's a lot to cover here, you know, it's to keep warm. So I'm glad you and Erica were okay. But I think now we just do a better job of preparing. Like I remember before this, you like sent me a video and we're like, Eritrea, make sure you are prepped. Like as a woman who lives alone and as a homeowner, like there's just a lot of responsibility to make sure your pipes don't burst and freeze or that you don't have water in case that does happen anyway. And like that you do have meals to eat in case there's no way to warm them up, you know, um, firewood. So I really appreciate you big brothering me and sending me the list. Cause last night before recording this episode, I texted that man. I let him know all the things I acquired. And I was like, I'm ready, Robert. We got this two hours later, my power went. Out. So <laughs> you never know. It's like that. That's, you know, if you stay ready, you gotta, you don't have to get ready. I think that's my, I try to apply that to as much in my life as possible. And, you know, the will to win is only exceeded by the preparation to win. So if uh, if you can be prepped and you can be ready, uh, obviously that didn't stop the power from going off for you. And right. something I was thinking about, and I think one of the reasons I was kind of being your big bro a little bit was last time you were married. So you had a partner in the, in the you know, not to say that. I was chilling. Yeah. I, I was mean, killing. Hudson had it. It was we were killing. It was wig spilling over there. Everything was good. Everything like was fine. Time, and and now you know you're kind of on you're on your own and you have to solve all those problems. So uh, fortunately, you are safe and warm. And yeah. you know, even though you lost power uh, at your house, you you've got a place to go. So you you know, even better. I I did. I am a very blessed person. I lost power, but because I had firewood and I have a fireplace, I just sat by my fireplace until someone was able to come and get me because. That's just what it is. Um, some people are not as lucky. Um, I think there's a few, and just to like touch on this for a moment, there's a few shelters here in Dallas. If you are looking for a warm place to stay, if you're listening to this at time of recording, I'm hoping the weather's gotten better. But if it hasn't, many, many of the local masjids are accepting people non-denominationally. So if you are Muslim, Christian, Jewish, whatever, the urban Islamic masjid, the Valor Ranch one, and there's another one in Plano that have set up their gymnasiums to accept people because they have generators. So. There are places in your area with generators. If you do lose power and have nowhere to go, please look into it. Please stay safe. Please stay alive. I, I want to piggyback off of that too, yeah. because there was a post from either Dallas Sites or Dallas News. It was talking about the the different warming shelters that are open mm -hmm. this weekend, or you know, today's Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and so a lot of places are closed. But there are shelters that are open, and somebody commented on the social media post like, "Yeah, guaranteed, a lot of unhoused people will see this," and they were like eye rolling about it. 
And it's not necessarily yeah. that, but it's like if you encounter someone, you know where to send them and you can help pass that along. I think that's part of uh, community is just, you know, relaying communications and knowing that resources are available. So you or somebody you know, oh. stay warm out there in Dallas. We're all walking each other home. And also, if you don't live in Texas and you're one of those people who's like, oh, like how silly, like we get cold up here all the time. Ladies and gentlemen, we do not have the infrastructure for this. Unfortunately, our government has not done what's necessary for our city to survive when things like this happen. I think it's getting better with, I think, offloading. It's what it's called, like when they cycle the whatever. But anyway, the point is, peace and love to everybody. We've talked about the weather enough. <laughs> yeah, well, I want to, I do want to tie it back to diabetes. Did you do anything specific to be ready diabetes-wise for the ice storm? Oh, girl, I refilled all my scripts. I got five bottles of insulin on me right now, dog. Wow, I you're, I you're really, really living. Well, because I had extra ones from last year, and then I refilled the ones this year, which were more expensive because happy January, everybody with diabetes. Um, and then I got two new bottles yesterday and any other prescription I needed. Cause, and it's not to bring it back to Palestine or anything like this, but I remember in our last Robin Eritrea show when I was like, what if all I had was, was what was in my fridge and I had to like run away with it? Um, and now that's all I can think about all the time. So I try to keep keep five at all times because five will last you at least a month and a half, two months maybe. So Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, again, back to trauma response, you got to think about, uh, you know, when you're learning about these things in the world and you have to put yourself in that position, like, am I ready to do that? We're going to get into this a little bit for me. I'm having a little bit of a difficult time with my insurance covering my insulin. So I'm a little light Ooh. on insulin, but I do, I did call in all my pump supplies uh, because I was running low on those, just the normal cycle. So I wanted to, I paid a little extra for the shipping just to get them here on time. So they came in go. on Friday and now I've got a fresh box of sensors and infusion sets to, to carry me through what kind of low snacks are we looking at like i for me okay so just full disclosure to everyone listening because i lost power last night my partner came over and picked me up and i mean to his place so that i had power but like i was looking through all my groceries and i was like okay what is low snacks here like what can i take with me that is not huge and i can just carry around and luckily i had like one of those huge bag of the kosher halal gummy stars from whole foods and also baby girl everybody listening Syrup. Buy syrup. Mm. I don't know how to tell people this enough. Have maple syrup in your house because you won't use it that often. What? Pancakes? And if you do really need it and have an emergency, two tablespoons has 46 carbohydrates. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> so, like, you're not going to die from low blood sugar that day. No, not that day. Plus, like, a bottle so, is, like, how many servings are in that, of that? A lot. A, bottle, a lot. So, a lot. Wow, good so advice. One, one, one Mrs. Butterscotsworth, whatever that white lady's name is, she'll last you for a minute. So I got that hole in my backpack. But yeah, that was going to be my other advice was keep, keep a white lady on you. Keep that thing on you. Yeah, yeah. I, my low snacks are just my usual gummy bears. But we, Erica and I were kind of preparing groceries and meals, like you said, stuff that we can make on the stove if necessary. We are fortunately living in a new place compared to where we were last ice storm. And uh, we feel much more confident about the grid, although... Our friends who used to live just down the street from us said that they had power most of the time during 2021. And believe me, when that was like the first question we were asking most of our, our all of our houses that we looked at when we were uh, when we were looking for, to buy a house, was like, hey, uh, what happened to this house during 2021 ice storm? Because that was definitely top of our mind at that point. So, and the last thing we'll say is that doesn't even matter, Rob, because my house had power the entire. Mm. This is the first time I've ever lost power ever because I'm next to a hospital, so it's weird. But anyways. 
enough about the snow. Yeah, Ladies enough about gentlemen. the snow. Nice. Also, everybody in the U.S. right now is like, I talked Frozen? to to Laura. For those of you who have emailed with her on our team, it's negative thirty in Illinois this morning. So uh, it's it's bad out there for everybody. Colorado, my friends in Colorado have been talking to me about how crazy it is there. Up in the Pacific Northwest, same deal. So across the country, pretty pretty cold. Before before we move on from all this and go into 2024, because I know you and I know you're ready to hit the pavement and say everything you want to say about 24 and all the challenges that you've been having already with diabetes. I want to ask you something. Before we move into 24 fully, did you have any New Year's resolutions for yourself as we were going into the year? I know we talked a little bit last time about the pod about not really doing that, but what what are the 24 goals for Rob Howe? Yeah, I did have some. I, I agree, and you're right, I do talk a lot about, like, again, we, we even talked about today, stay ready, you don't have to get ready. So last year, my 2023 resolution was to increase my daily strain by 20% on my Whoop app. So that's something I can look at over a long period of time, and I accomplished that. So again, it was just top of mind, and I knew what number I was trying to hit, and what gets measured gets managed. So you ready for my 24 resolutions? Uh, number one is 2024 HoopFest Open Division Champions. My buddies and I are going to run back our team from 2013 when we won it, uh, and we're going to do it again in 24, 11 years later. So everything physical for me is optimizing back towards that. So I know I've got to hit a certain number of days in the gym lifting weights, a certain number of days in the gym playing basketball, a certain number of days in the gym just working on my basketball game. I'm not just going to be able to roll up to that and win it. So... Right. You know, I think that takes prep. It's organizing that towards that goal. That's why it's my resolution. Then I have a, I, I like to try to do a physical goal as well. Every, uh, you know, you're always growing, always improving. So perfect posture is my, is my physical goal for 2024. Oh my God. That one's so hard. Are you going to get like a brace or something? Like something to like wear to help you see it? Dude, I have the worst posture ever. Like I always have to remind myself like shoulders back, air trade, because. Well, most of us, think- most of us live in like a, a hunched over kind of screen mentality or, you know, place so for me i'm not wearing a brace but i am just being aware and being mindful of it my natural and like even genetics kind of lean me a little bit forward my brother my sister and my dad also kind of had the shoulders forward so you know that's something that's fighting genetics a little bit but just making sure that i'm doing my strength work and my accessory work in my spine to make sure that i'm focusing on keeping myself straight up Uh, and my spine health is is definitely going to be part of that so then um the next one is 60 percent reduction in kava chipotle and sweet green which you're not allowed to eat kava you don't eat kava anymore anyway that's right that's well that, that's why it's a good reduction right there so uh, but again like those are typically my i mean they're healthy options quote unquote healthy options right i get basically the same thing rice a lettuce you know some sort of protein so i'm just doing better to prep those on my own like i think i can just also it's expensive dog yeah. like if it, I, if it should add up like 14 dollars for lunch for if you go every day like girl that's i'm guys i'm terrible at math that is my secret you know kryptonite so i'm not gonna give you the answer for how much that is a week but it's a lot it is and so i can you know again 60 percent reduction i can look at the total that i spent that's how i'm measuring it as well the total that i spent last year and i want to spend 60 percent less uh, this year so I, I think that's doable and manageable and how do I organize to that? I need to make sure I, get, I go to the grocery store on Sunday uh, and then I'm prepping those things out so that I can uh, you know, answer, answer that call. And then the last one that I'll share is, I think this is important for this because I think I want to speak it into existence and I also uh, want to make sure that I'm accountable for it. Uh, I'm writing a diabetes book in 2024. 
So I'm leaving. I'm leaving the screen. I am leaving the podcast. I'm just kidding. That's I'm excited. You're writing a book like about your life with that, or do you not know what the book is yet? Is a surprise. No, I, I do. I, I don't want to. I don't want to release too much just yet. But it'll mm-hmm. it'll be more like a kind of devotional. You know this about me and people who work. Oh yeah, we've close talked about, about me. Is uh, I love my quotes. I love my little quotes and daily meditations, and I really believe in like daily deposits. And I think that that's some of that is a space in the diabetes space that I can contribute to. I'm not a doctor. I haven't done anything exceptionally physical in a long time. And that's another topic for a day in terms of like, I was I was most famously, right, the Washington Generals pro basketball player guy. But my my book's not going to be about that. Uh, so it's going to be more of like day-to-day. Uh, and I'm, I'm excited to, to do it. It's a challenge for me um, to finish it. Oh my God, a Rob Howe planner. That's so funny. Kind of, yeah. So... Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. You will definitely be uh, get to proofread it and you know be a bro, part of bro. I'm getting first the first group. copy. Yeah, yeah, me, Erica, Ashley, we get the first copy to Eritrea from Rob. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's something that I'm really excited about and um, is going to also challenge me to just stay accountable and and do a little bit every day, and so that I can you know because if you you know journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step and all those all those things that I always talk about. So you just gave us three quotes. We've been on the pod for 20 minutes and you've already given us three. So preview to Rob's book. Everyone buy a pre-sale link out soon. Yeah, um, very, very soon. So but uh, those 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 resolutions are really measurable. And I think it's really great that you're able to. As someone who has known you for the amount of time I've known you, I think before a little bit, something we used to do is you'd have these like grandiose and you still do sometimes ideas of like what you're going to achieve. And I feel like maybe you would get a little bit bogged down but now these seem like really actionable achievable step one two three four five goals and so i'm proud of you and i'm excited for us to have january 2025's episode so we can see you know what if yeah. you achieve those things or not that's something that I, I and i, w- I want to make sure you have time for yours because that you're right i used to go like way above and beyond i still have a couple that are like stretch goals for me uh, that you, if i don't hit them they're still going to be okay uh but I just sort of changed the way I talk to myself. I've also tried to be more measurable and like more specific. You know, it's like 60% reduction. Like that's something that we can actually see. 20% increase in the daily strain. Like that's something that I could look at and hold myself accountable to. So that's what I'm trying to get get more towards versus like vague and ambiguous goals. So what about you? What do you got for 24? Well, I wouldn't be Rob Howe's mentee if I did not have some goals. So I also try to make them actionable. Before 2023 ended, you asked me something else to like make into a smart goal format. And then that made me think about my resolution and was like, what this is so annoying? What gets measured gets managed. And so that's why I was like, we have to do this in a way that's measured. So I decided that for my resolution, I want to get back into reading books. Um, as a kid, I read a lot, like voraciously. And now as an adult, I find myself never reading then scroll doom scrolling my phone so uh, my mental resolution is to journal at least five times a week and to read two books a month for pleasure for fiction for self-help whatever but two a month baby girl my physical goals this year is to run some kind of race i don't know if it's going to be a 5k i don't know if it's going to be a 10k i don't know what it's going to be what I know right now on January 15th is that I can run a mile in 11 minutes. And then when I started trying for this goal, I could not run a mile to save my life. So <laughs> I feel like I'm there, like I'm taking the steps towards those goals. Um, emotionally, I guess, and like just mentally, I got a new therapist. So my therapist, uh, she had a baby, which is awesome for her and I love her. But also I've been seeing her for five years now. 
And when you've been seeing someone for that long, there's a comfortability that maybe you're not growing as much because they're not challenging you in the ways that you need to be challenged. And I know that I need to be challenged for growth. So I'm seeing a new therapist and we're setting new goals for my productivity because I feel like as someone who works from home and for those of you who also work from home, it's hard. You know, like you're in the same house really all day. Like you do not leave the crib unless you're going for a walk. So um, it's just trying to set those goals of like routine and getting out of my house in a positive way. Um, you know, not disassociating as much is really my biggest goal for 2024 is to be present as much as possible. I recently in the last year have realized that I'm someone who disassociates a lot for a person who's very active online and who has a very strong personality. I spend a lot of my time just doom scrolling and liking stuff and sharing stuff. And that's not doing anything to better my life in the long run. So 2024 is about growing up. And I think I have some achievable goals set in place that will help me do all of those things at once. Because I think that, you know, if it's what you're focused on, like if the ultimate goal, because the ultimate goal for me is to grow up this year and I do all the things that are on my list, I'll achieve that. And then I'll keep growing because that growing up never stops. So that's my 24 resolutions, not really resolutions, but like lifestyle plan. Focus. Yeah. Yeah. You know, growing up is hard. Uh, it also continues. You know, I talk about 4,000 weeks on this podcast quite a bit. And that's that's one again where like life is just sort of one insoluble problem, one after the other after the other. Uh, once you relieve yourself of ever having it all, having it all figured out, uh, things For just sure. uh, get a little bit easier. So talking. Yeah, and speaking of not having everything figured out, you recorded an end-of-year episode with Erica where you guys talked about your diversity and her content creation journey, which, by the way, I really enjoyed that episode, guys. I am not just a producer and co-host of this pod. I am a consumer. I have a good time. Um, I liked it, I too. Just, I, listened, I listened to it in the car. It was I, nice to hear Erica's uh, voice on the car. It was It's nice to hear her voice all the time. She's awesome. She's my favorite how. But the, uh, the laundry, like I was doing my laundry while you guys were talking, and I just, there was one point of the pod so I have two questions from that episode as a listener. One, I want to talk about your diversity a little bit because um, you went into it a bunch. And remind me, how many years with diabetes? Now? 19. Jesus Christ. Be- wow. <laughs> Congratulations. Man, well two decades coming up. We're in the last year of the second decade. So that's wild. Hey, then we can test our multiple decades theory because that's anyway, I digress. My question for you was because in the pod, I don't think you maybe you grazed over it, but now to your 19, biggest lesson you've learned about diabetes. One sentence, two sentences. You know that's going to be hard for me. Mm. I know. <laughs> I think you're not alone. It's okay to it's okay to not it's okay to connect with other people. Okay. I think that that would be my one thing because th- those are the big differences between decade one and decade two for me, and I've benefited so greatly in so many different ways and continue to be from community so you know that's that to me is is the big change the the big thing community perfect okay great i do have a second question but i'm gonna hold it because it's gonna come up later okay when i remind you guys remember that i said that so we've talked about a little bit about the wrap of 23 our resolution uh your diversity and that's also around 23 because it's always on new year's day so weird um but i want to talk a little bit about now that we are in 24 know every single person with diabetes listening to this if you have had to refill a prescription this month you are mad because i'm but rob you mentioned to me your insurance isn't covering your insulin anymore tell us what's going on yeah and 
I haven't quite dug into this all the way, but I got an email from my insurance and it was saying, you know, one of your medications is no longer covered under your plan. And I was like, okay, great. This is, this is going to end well. And it's Lispro, uh, which is Humalog. Humalog is, is Lispro, insulin, um, yeah, insulin Lispro. And Novolog is insulin aspart. So that's like the main like scientific difference and scientific is not even a word, but scientific. Yeah. And so the formulary is different. And right now my doctor has recommended that I take a more rapid acting insulin to increase my control. You guys remember on this podcast, those who've been listening for a while that uh, my body doesn't like Lumjev. It, it causes a lot of irritation and, and sites that, that get a lot more irritated and inflamed, which causes them to fail at a rapid rate. And so my doctor has me use Fiasp, which doesn't affect my body in the same way, has different ingredients. And we're trying to get that because it's not covered by my insurance either. So we've gotten denied for the initial prior authorization. The doctor's gone back. I had to call him again on Friday. So I'm very much in that like prior authorization loop. And I'm hopeful that my insurance will cover it because I pay them a lot of money every month to cover my insurance or to, and to cover my medications. I will say, though, one of the reasons that I think that they're not going to cover the Lispro anymore is because of what you're talking about, which is the people with commercial insurance in 2024 are supposed to be able to get their insulin for $35. The copay caps, not price caps, but copay caps. But does that apply to me? if they no longer cover my insulin formulary, TBD. I don't know. So again, the math ain't mathin and the uh, the trickery of legislation and within the pharmaceutical space continues. And since the, I believe it was Q1 last year where Bernie Sanders had the, uh, the Senate committee uh, and they had all the pharmaceutical CEOs there and they were talking about discounted and pr price caps and copay caps and blah, blah, blah. Now they... They still haven't. Where, where's the $35 insulin? We had uh, Shana from T1 International was on the podcast in Q3. Uh, we talked about it. T1 International put a, a statement out the other day asking basically the same question. So lots of things happening on the medication side, but ultimately my doctor is having to give me multiple samples now because I don't, my insurance is not covering it. And unfortunately, the insulin fias that my doctor wants me to use and is giving me dramatically better outcomes in terms of time and range, I'm not able to get covered under my insurance currently. So hopefully that changes, um, but I'm right there with you. I think, you know, if you're out there and you're struggling with prior authorizations, uh, there's some great prior authorization TikToks that, uh, that have really like kind of brought me some levity and joy during this time. But yeah, it's tough out there. And I know for people who are on high deductible plans and they're you know, their first prescription is, you know, they're paying $1,500, $1,000 for their diabetes medications. I see you. I'm sorry that it is the way that it is. And, you know, truly we are, and we'll talk a little bit about this later. Uh, on Martin Luther King Day, our our country is, is you know, it, it points the barrel of the gun back at us more often than not. You're muted, I think. I said, first of all, I said, God, I hate that you brought MLK into this. Because somebody please let that man rest. After this month of me listening to Jonathan Majors begging for a Coretta Scott, I really just can't handle very much more King slander. But bringing it back to the $35 insulin, I am confused and perplexed. Because the way that it's supposed to work from just like the basic research that I did is you get your prescription. There's an Eli Lilly website. I'll drop the link in the show notes, but it's insulinaffordability.com. You print or present the coupon to them at the thing, and then they give you the insulin for $35, supposedly. 
But apparently a lot of people have been doing that according to the episode we did with Shayna and that's not working. So hopefully maybe this will spark some investigative diabetics doing things research because that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. And also I want to touch on pre-auths just for all of you out there. If your doctor is making you pay a fee for your pre-authorization, that is illegal. Please call your insurance company and have them three-way talk to your doctor or get a new doctor. I've noticed, like, while you were talking about pre-auths, I remembered so many people have been asking me on on Instagram and just DMing me, like, if this is normal because it happened to me once last year. And it's happened to so many other people. Pre-auths are a scam. Pharmacy benefit managers are a scam. We all deserve to have the insulin that we need. Continue to fight the good fight, ladies and gentlemen of listening to this podcast and resist like I feel like that's all we can do right is resist I feel like I feel like Che Guevara like this is so annoying I just need my medicine like come on come on yeah it's annoying because you know I'm paying I'll just share transparently I pay $650 a month for my insurance so fuck and I also my my plan which my recreation pays for all of our employees health care if they opt in 100% of the employee health care so you know, we're paying 10 G's a month for to these insurance companies for many years. Like that, the lifetime value of us, you know, in the grand scheme, like we're a small company, we're only, you know, 15 employees, but I want them to like, I want a good experience. Like I'm the customer. Like that's how I feel. It's like, it, you know, this is for-profit healthcare. I'm the customer. I'm buying this thing from you. Like, just help me. Just like do what you're supposed to do. Also, I'm not asking you to do something out of the realms of your employment. Right. Like, just do. I just don't understand how in some ways like capitalism forces people like you and me and everyone else to, like you have to do this to pay your bills and survive. But then they still get to skirt around the lines. But you know what? Never mind. Yeah. Otherwise, I'll stay on this podcast and we'll both put on our tinfoil hats and we'll never. Hey, I got some tinfoil for uh, content for you later. <laughs> don't even worry about it. I, I do want to shift. I want to stay on diabetes because I want to sure. make sure we're being used of the time. I had this like weird experience yesterday. So you guys know I'm on the Minimed 780G system uh, from Medtronic and I'm really enjoying it. And for me, it's like allowed me to kind of relinquish some of the control. And that's also a theme in the rest of my life as well. I'm like holding on too tight to things. I'm just letting them go a little bit easier and just for my own mental health. But it, it occurred to me that I kind of am in a little period of diabetes burnout, but I have this great technology. And so it's kind of allowing me to be burnt out without sacrificing my management, which is something that's really cool. And so like my numbers are in range and my technology is is doing what it's doing. And I basically just have to count my carbs and change my sights and my sensor. Uh, so I, I had never really thought of it that way because like, you know, to me, I don't feel like I'm at the end of my rope diabetes wise. I don't feel like I'm, you know, really uh, what we would say characterized as traditional burnout. But the technology is easing the burden of diabetes burnout for me. And so I just wanted to share that with you guys. Uh, And then I also had the other day, part of that burnout means like not really caring what I eat. Like I'm just, you know, if I want to eat it, I'm eating it. And I'm counting those carbs and sending the bolus up. But the other day, uh, one of the first days back from work this year, uh, I had a pretty typical like, you know, I had a working lunch and then I had like a dinner or whatever. And I chose to eat low carb throughout. Like I had a salad at both lunch and dinner. It had protein on it. It was it was a good salad, but I used less insulin. I had like a 99% time in range throughout the day. And I was just like, wow, you really hate to see it. Like low carb choices, like simplifying it, you know, using less insulin. I was like, it does make a difference. And to me, I was like, you know, I, I hate that I have to admit this, but my diabetes is easier to manage when I eat lower carb. And I know there's a lot of low carb stands out there of people who are really hyper controlled. 
I know on the other side, they say it's not the carbs, it's just the type of food that you eat, uh, people that are eating seven, 800 carbs a day. I identify with both camps. I think for me right now, part of that, the way that the diabetes burnout is manifesting is that I just have so many other things going on that I need to let my diabetes take a back seat and be a little bit automated. And eating a little bit lower carb gives me the chance to have confidence that I'm going to be in the high 90s in terms of time and range throughout the day. And I can stay focused on the other things that I'm you know, prioritizing. I also want to say that for all of you who do not like to eat low carb, that is also okay. Yeah. I, I've noticed something weird I noticed about actually, actually, I didn't notice my boyfriend told me I always eat low carb. Like it's weird. Like I'll, but also I was diagnosed when I was eight years old. I was going to say so that's like, just trauma. Yeah. It's just an eating disorder. <laughs> so it's like, I'll get low carb stuff all the time, but I, it's not just me. Like I was thinking about another friend who has EPI, which EPI stands for ex exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which is something that happens when you have Modi. Um, but can also come as a complication of type 1 diabetes. Essentially, your pancreas stops making the digestive enzyme that helps you break down food. And those people have a harder time breaking down like low-carb stuff. A free food like meat and a carrot is harder for you to break down when you have EPI than a piece of bread. So to say- A great episode I, for that. I don't know if they, we specifically talked about EPI, but Maya Papaya's episode- of She talks about the prescription. Mm -hmm. She talks about the EPI and how she has to get the prescription, how it's expensive and how it's even more expensive because she's not technically a diabetic, even mm -hmm. though she is a diabetic. But my point is this. I'm so glad that the low carb thing worked out for you and that for you is easier to manage that day on your AID system. But I also just want to acknowledge the people that that doesn't work for them because diabetes is not a monolith. Oh, and totally. I don't know. It yeah, honestly yeah. doesn't work for me either. It just works. It's like, I don't want to do it, but, and I hate, I was like, ah, I hate how good of results I got from this because I don't want to do this. I want to have the carbs. I want to have the bread sometimes. And, you know, again, I think it just comes back to doing hard things or doing things that aren't as enjoyable. It's just part of growing up sometimes. And I think that's when we talk about diabetes forces you to grow up really early. Like you were talking about, you've been, you've been doing this since you were a child. You just make decisions to optimize that because you know sometimes you don't want to deal yeah. with the difficulty. You just want to make it easy. Or the other half of that decision, whatever it might be, like, okay, today I want to eat a cheeseburger, but tomorrow I want a salad. You know what I mean? And I think that, that that is something that we're very fortunate to have the opportunity to do because we have access to the technology that we need because there's still plenty of people on this planet who think, can you eat that? Which is at my, at this point should be a murder charge, but whatever. Yeah. It's, um, it's truly disappointing. Felony. <laughs> I know you said you were a little bit burned out on MLK, but I do want to touch on a couple of things uh, just because it is Martin Luther. I'm not burned out yet. I'm just tired of people. Okay. Hold on. Before you touch on him, I am tired and this is not about diabetes. So if you want to skip to the next part of the episode, I think Rob and I segment these out now so you can know what we're talking about. I am tired of people using women who have stood behind leaders as props. And this last month has been this large discussion of like, why be a, why be a certain type of woman when you should be like a Coretta Scott King or a Michelle Obama? And then there's this like romanticization of the struggle that African-American women have to go through to be in a relationship with a strong man. And as a woman, as a human, I'm tired of y'all's shit. Like, that's just it. Like, let Martin Luther King rest in peace. Let Coretta Scott King rest in peace. If we want to talk about their lives in correlation to civil rights and race relations and things like sure, please stop romanticizing relationships that you don't have anything, anything, anything about. And that's my spiel. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, you <laughs> said diabetes is not a monolith. Relationships are not a monolith either. 
I also think, and we're gonna get, and we're gonna get to that today because it's on my list. I love it. I, I also think we live in the age of information, and you know, specific around global world events and geopolitics. You sort of used there used to be only one or two places where you could get the information, and now you can get the information from the people. And the democratization of information, I think, is really important. It also allows us to know things about people that we wouldn't have known otherwise. And I think that's a little bit of what you're talking about. Is uh, yeah, I think you mentioned Jonathan Majors and like his like apology tour, and, and you know, com- maybe are you saying compared himself to MLK? I don't no, know. No, what, right what move, basically but. what happened is, and I'll give it to you guys a really really short version. You can Google it if you want to, but he is being charged for domestic violence, yeah. and in one of the videos or audio clips. He is screaming at this woman, a white woman, a white woman, that she needs to hold him down the way a Coretta Scott King person, a Coretta Scott King held down Martin Luther King, but also just fails to realize that like Coretta Scott King was a tornado of a human being in her own right for the civil rights movement and was like a revolutionary herself. And now in other interviews, he's talking about Megan Good, Megan Good of all people. If you are black and you listen to this, let's all roll our eyes collectively. And calling her his Coretta Scott. She's like, she's been holding it down like Coretta. Girl, you weren't out here marching for the people for civil rights. You beat a white woman's ass and now you're in jail. Like, this is different. So I guess I'm just tired of people taking some of my childhood heroes that I looked up to as a woman. Because Coretta Scott King is one of those people. And then romantic, like only giving them value because they were in a relationship with a powerful man. Mm. Ew, I want to throw up. Gross. That's like me saying... Erica's only cool because she because you've accomplished so much. No, Erica's fucking awesome. She has her coach bag thing. She does her own marketing. You know what I mean? People are who they are without their relationship. I'm For good. sure. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I, I got I got triggered. I got triggered. I think that was a, that that was good. I think, uh, you're right. But we can talk about MLK and the fact that who he was and what he did for this country and. You know, we can well, skip over the fact that they assassinated him. They did, and whatever. they disappeared him real quick, didn't they? I would say. You know, not to go too tinfoil hat, but I like, again, look at the state of our country today. And I was like, what would Martin Luther King think about that? And because of technology, it's a lot easier to sort of aggregate speeches and, and aggregate sound bites. And you can really ask these questions, not to Martin Luther King Jr., but and find information around those things. And I think like whether it's the state of race in America and, you know, you're looking at disparities like criminal justice, housing, education, economic opportunities, even just protesting and sort of the stigma around protesting right now in this country. Israel's war in Palestine, you know, like go looked at some of his Vietnam conversations and, and, and speeches and you'll find really similar rhetoric about, especially around the U.S. and our role as, as a superpower. And, and what you know, we do and how we do is messed up. I also think that it's important to realize that, like, in this political climate, I think, and I don't want to speak for him because he's obviously passed away, rest in peace, all but he was friends with Yasser Arafat. Like, this was someone who was pro-Palestinian and was like, no. And actually, many of you guys might not know this, and it's not to make, make everything about Palestine, but he was invited to Israel in, I think, 67, something like that, and he turned down the invitation because he was like, what y'all are doing over there, I'm not cool with. And this is all Googleable. Y'all can look it up. I actually posted it on my Instagram story today. I think it's it's interesting to me that we celebrate the story of a man who fought for our civil rights, but mostly fought against racism. And we are still racist place ever. Like, there are racist things happening here all day, every day, 
to the point where the immigrants that were coming to this country are now leaving, or some of us who have been born here are looking for our citizenships to these other countries because it's no longer the melting pot that everybody thought it was. I don't know. I just feel like the blinds are off, you know, like it's a sad MLK for day for me. I think so. I think it should be in a lot of ways. You know, I wrote this. I, I write things you guys will never hear or see because they're for me. Uh, but I wrote uh, one yesterday. I called it another, just another day at the Empire. And you know, go look at Yahoo Finance at the S and P 500. Uh, there's a particular date uh, you could say October 9th, 2023, uh, and that ticker goes straight up. Uh, if you want a micro case study of the military industrial complex in the United States, there it is. Uh, you know, at the same time, um, you know, we used to be a place, bring me your tired, bring your poor, bring me your hungry. Well, not anymore. Don't come here is the, is the international sort of a message that we're, that we're circulating. Um, Thanks, Kamala. And I think, um, you know, the other piece is like, oh, if I was there, I would have stopped it. And, you know, we are there. I got news for you. We are there. We are not stopping it. The, <clears throat> you mentioned uh, Vice President Harris, like the, the party that we voted for, uh, the candidates that we voted for are perpetuating this. And so that to me makes me really sad. Uh, so I do think it's uh, it's a very difficult time to be an empathetic person and who doesn't love murder and genocide uh, because it, it's seemingly like overwhelmingly, it doesn't matter what we think as people, the people in power are going to continue to do and push whatever agendas that they want. And so with that, I mean, with to, that I'm going to... a certain degree, to a certain degree, because I just want to leave with a little bit of hope just because I'm that person. It's a very interesting trial that happened this week at the ICJ from South Africa. So no, not everyone on this planet is okay with what's going on. And some of us are going to be on the right side of history. Others will be on the wrong. And I am proud to say that I think that us the diabetics doing things have done a lot of work to not quantify, but to help other people understand the human experience. If maybe it's not a place that they could ever go to or a person they could ever meet or have interaction with. I feel that you, me, diabetics doing things will be on the right side of history. Like we tried. And then there's others who just completely mentally checked out and that's what you've needed to do. I get it. But it's like you said, like, I've always seen that stupid quote. It's like, if the Nazis or the Holocaust was happening right now, like, what would you do? Who would you be? And I think it's, I think 2023 really showed me who everybody was. And that's sad. But at the end of the tunnel is that there's still a lot of us out here fighting the good fight. And we're going to continue to fight the good fight. And you'll see that in 2024 from our episodes. Yeah, I think so. Do you want to say like if you feel like hopeless and you feel like, oh man, like the place that I live is totally in opposition to my viewpoint and what they should be using our resources and our position to do? I agree. I agree. And I don't have a fix. Uh, and I do understand that it is. Isn't it sad that we don't have a fix before? Be like, go vote. Vote for your representatives. Right. I, was, I was having a conversation and I asked him if it was okay to share this. So hi, dad. I know you're listening. And I was having a conversation with my dad because obviously he's an immigrant and he moved to America because this is a place of opportunity and freedom and rights. And I remember when I was 18, my dad took me to vote and he told me how important it was to vote and how black people couldn't vote before and how in Eritrea, there are no votes. We have a dictator. Like, what are y'all talking about? My dad is 56, 57 years old. This is the first year he looked at me and said, I don't think I'm going to vote. There are so many of us who feel that way. And, you know, recently I was having a conversation with some people who were older much much older than me and they were essentially pressuring me to vote and i had to vote blue because if not we're good ladies and gentlemen if you feel like you want to vote vote if you don't want to vote because you feel hopeless at this point i'm going to tell you that that's okay it's okay to feel that way we are in a catch 22 and one that i never thought we'd experience well i do think too like 
both I things just can't force people anymore you know what i mean yeah like, I, I think like that that i for sure feel that way i think the both things can be true applies here right like your dad came here as an immigrant because this was the land of opportunity and he was able to start his family and like raise his family here you know and like uh, on one hand like that is very true on the other hand it is like totally unwelcoming and backwards for people like that and i think like even the narrative uh, internationally i've shared this on the podcast before especially for muslim people is like that this is not a welcome place uh, for them but we only have a few minutes left, so I want to make sure that we that we co- oh, yeah, cover wrap, some things let's up. Wrap. But but let's cover uh, the happy stuff. So the happy stuff, I do have. A, this is kind of like related. So there's a there's a Muslim dating app that has some uh, I hate you. I'm some, some billboards, leaving. and I wanted to get your thoughts on these those, these lines, like because uh, there's one that says there's five hundred thousand Muslims in DFW, and you're still single. And I read that in your dad's voice, and I just laughed so hard i was like i just imagined him roasting you with that line uh, which was so funny. well how long how long was i single for rob not, not very long not very long no i know <laughs> but muslim, but that's a muslim thing i think too it's like we don't date to we date to get married so it's like we get married or not like what's right <laughs> and, and then there was another one the, the second one that i saw just yesterday actually and it said we know you didn't meet at the mosque <laughs> okay okay too. this is so funny and i'll just tell you a quick trope there are so many Muslim like nikahs and weddings where people like usually at a regular wedding, they're like, oh, this is how we met. And like we dated for this long, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. At a Muslim wedding, we just met before the door opened. We did not know each other, even if it's not true. I've been dating my boyfriend for a year now. Like that's just what you tell everybody because that's the stigma. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what that means is we didn't meet at the mosque is because most people tell like, oh, we met at the masjid. We met through our parents. I think Aftab and I tell people we met at the masjid. I can't remember. I'll ask him later. I, I think that is what we say. Uh, silly stuff. So anyway, I just wanted to share that with you. Okay. Well, I'm glad you you brought it up because I have a Valentine's Day yes, thing before yes. we move. So let's do something positive. So in your, this is my second question from your Diversary Erica question, um, episode. So in the episode, you guys kind of go over dating a bit. You talk about some stuff and I'm like, okay, thank you. But that's not what I wanted to know. You and Erica are not dating. You are two humans who live together in a household and share everything. You are married people, bonded for life. Is your diabetes a romance point? For example, if you are very low and you just don't feel like getting the juice, she gets it for you. Or if you, and I know that that's not really you because you're so like able-bodied and annoying where you like have to do everything for yourself. But is there any like acts of service in a relationship with a person with diabetes that she does for you that you either A, hate, or B, really enjoy? That was going to be my dating question because you guys talked about dating for so much and then I was like, but this is what I want to know. Yeah, I think there's... I like to go get my own low blood sugar snacks because I like to assess where I am physically. Like, how with it am I, you know? So walking across the house helps me calibrate with my body and and, and ask and have that curiosity of, am I, you know, 60 with an arrow down and don't really, you know, I'm not really in trouble or am I like 40 and I need, I feel like I'm in round 12 of a heavyweight title fight and I've been hitting the head 20 times. So I like to do that for myself. The acts of service though, that she does for me most consistently is that when she's making dinner, she'll leave, if she's like cooking pasta or something, she'll leave the box of the pasta out on the counter for me to use to count carbs. So she'll, cook the dish or whatever she's making it she's ready to serve it but she's got the the box of the ingredients out on the counter for me to just take a look at 
because sometimes we use different brands of veggie pasta and some of them have different fiber and, and carbs and, and proteins and those types of things. So to me, you know, it's not exactly romantic, but it is thoughtful and I do appreciate it. I guess I just wonder because, and this is not like what I'm currently going through, but this happened to me in my past relationship and maybe one day we'll do a longer episode. But I remember that when we went through counseling, they would ask him like, what's something that you do like for your wife consistently? And it was always, well, when she's low, I'll bring her a juice box. Or if she's asleep, I'll bring it over. And I just always remember thinking like, my diabetes doesn't define me. Like, I don't want that to Hmm. be a romantic thing. Like, buy me flowers. Don't bring me a juice box. You know what I mean? So I just always remember asking myself, like, I wonder if other people with diabetes go through this. I know you're not my subject person, but I also wanted to ask the pod, like, for other ladies who are dating or for guys who are out there dating, like how, other than just how do you tell them once the relationship is serious, like how do you go about it? Right. So if you guys want to write in, let me know. Mailbox at diabeticsdoingthings.com. Mailbag, mailbag. Mailbag. Sorry. We'll edit it out. Please let me know. I'm super interested in diabetes and relationships. I have not dated in forever and being in a relationship is interesting now. And it's just like, I just wonder how people do things. Like how is it supposed to go? I just think to your point of, you know, feeling like it wasn't for him, it wasn't like romantic or like wasn't part of the relationship. I think diabetes is going to show up in your relationship and you don't get to always choose how. And I think knowing or, and watching people's couples content or like caregiver content, I think Ariana Freyer did a great video uh, with her husband changing a pot, like an Omnipod, like yeah. in a, and like he didn't do great, but like it was good that he knew how, you know? So I, I've not I've not asked Erica to like change the sensor but like for me but yesterday I couldn't get my sensor like needle out and so I I held it while she pulled it out. So like diabetes is going to show up in your relationship. I think just being able to talk to your partner about what you need and also what you don't need uh, at a given time I think is really important. And that that goes for if you're in a new relationship, dating relationship or you've been in a relationship for a long time. Uh, sometimes your diabetes needs are going to change and it will show up differently uh, based on that. This is a perfect way for us to kind of wrap the episode because I want us to talk just before we go. We have so many cool episodes coming in 2024. Uh, you guys have no idea, but the list I sent Rob, like we are cooking, ladies and gentlemen. And some of those episodes will be about like relationships and dating and human, you know, just connection and what that can look like and how it can be different for people living with diabetes. But, I mean, I want to give it to the host with the most insulin on board. Rob, tell me what we've got in 2024. Well, we've been doing this podcast for a long time. This is year number nine. And we've had amazing guests and we continue to. And you guys have, your willingness to tell your stories has allowed us to continue to have this awesome platform. But one of the things that we wanted to create for this year was focus. And I think for us, there are a lot, a couple other podcasts that are hosted by caregivers and they do a great job of talking about caregiving for someone else with diabetes. And they should do a great job of lived experience with people with diabetes as well. But what we're going to focus on in Q1 in the first part of the year is being an adult with diabetes and everything from mental health, physical health, professional, social, financial, all of those different aspects of being an adult with diabetes in the US and most of the Western world. Obviously, that's our experience. So really looking forward to sharing that with you guys, as well as bringing in some subject matter experts in areas like mental health and areas like physical health, where we talk about them, but we are just podcasters. We, we don't have any sort of credibility always there. So uh, we want to bring in the experts for you guys to ask your questions to. So use that mailbag 
if you are an adult with diabetes and you want to request a specific topic, please do. And even if we already got that topic booked, we can adjust or ask questions that you send in. So uh, please engage with us on that front. We're going to continue to post, you know, awesome video clips from our series on the web, drive to the drip. All of those things are continuing to go on for us this year. And we also have our events coming back. So lots of good things that have been happening behind the scenes over the last 30 days. Uh, Ashley and Eritrea and I have been working uh, and really putting a long-term view out of what we want to cover on the podcast this year because we've got an amazing library uh, of things that you guys can find, uh, but we've got to organize that in a way that allows you to, uh, to find what you need. And Eritrea mentioned this briefly as well. We've got chapters now in the podcast if you listen on Spotify. So we're going to have timestamps as part of every show host, show notes in every episode. So you will be able to click through the different chapters if you so desire. And our full library is now, as of this morning, as of January 15th, is now up on YouTube. So if you listen to podcasts on YouTube, our full library is there from episode one all the way here. We're past 300 episodes on the feed total. I think we're on episode, this will be 263 on the Diabetics Doing Things feed. So really exciting stuff. And hopefully you guys will be able to get value out of our library for many years to come. Before, okay, this part's a, Ashley, this part's a soundbite. If you're an adult living with type 1 diabetes or type 2 diabetes and have any questions about what that looks like, please write to us at mailbag at diabeticsdoingthings.com and we will answer your questions on the show. Don't forget to email us mailbag at diabeticsdoingthings.com. That's a soundbite. Okay, uh, this is a really, really great episode, but Rob and I tend to like ramble. So sometimes we don't get what we need and I needed a soundbite, but definitely don't forget to write us. I'm so excited for 24. I'm so excited for the next episode. I can't wait to be a menace all of Black History Month starting MLK Day. Uh, and that's all I've got for you guys. Thanks for coming by. <laughs> I'm going to do another soundbite really quick. So Ashley, you can cut this and put it at the beginning of the episode. Thank you for listening to Diabetics Doing Things. If you have a question for Eritrea or myself or one of our guests, please email it to mailbag at diabeticsdoingthings.com. Okay, good deal. Really good. I think we 